are listening to the Living Truth Podcast with John Core and C.L. Mitchell. Please stay tuned to Living Truth as we engage in an in-depth journey of discovery through the discussion of God's Word for the purpose of devotion and godly living. We pray that you would be blessed through today's conversation and that God would sanctify your heart in truth, for His Word is truth. Good afternoon. This is John Kaur and the Reverend Bishop C.L. Mitchell coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, and this is the Living Truth Podcast, and we want to wish you a happy, happy new year. Well, anyway, Reverend, it's been it's been several months since we've met and talked. Actually, on the podcast, we meet all the time. How True. you been? I have been well. How have you been? I've been wonderful. Uh, did you have a good Christmas? I had a marvelous Christmas. Yeah? It wasn't a white Christmas. No. but Because we don't have those around here. That's true. Actually, it has been snowing. You know, I heard that it snowed in Anthem. I actually saw yeah. a bit of footage. Anthem is north of Phoenix and uh, not too far north, but uh, it's been a little cold. But uh, good Christmas. But speaking of Christmas, I have to show everyone. Uh, uh, Sharon picked up a little, little something. <laughs> yes. A little... Uh, Little stocking here. It's a uh, a Batman stocking, and yes. of course you're a big Batman fan. So Huge. this is for you. Thank you. You know, be Thank sure this wonderful Sharon. So, yes, I love it. <laughs> well, we thought we would get together, of course, and start recording. But today, being New Year's Day, uh, we thought we'd do a, a special, maybe a special one on New Year's, uh, and not do our normal Jonah one. We've been going through Jonah for you know, seems like ages and centuries and years <laughs> we are going to start we are going to start recording though yes. but but for today uh let's do um let's do something different how does that sound absolutely we i i think just just for our listeners um we do want to get him out of the storm yes as get quickly him out of the storm. as possible that could be dangerous <laughs> he's been in since june <laughs> is he? poor guys he's waterlogged you know his fingers are all looks like raisins and prunes you know <laughs> It's not going to increase. Just when we get him out of the storm, he'll go into a fish, and who knows how long that'll <laughs> poor last. Poor guy. Oh, he's not even in a fish yet. No, no. Oh, poor guy. No, he was just tossed out of the boat last And you thought your 2018 was bad. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's not even in the, in the boat yet. Well, okay, so we'll we'll get back to, uh, to Jonah, but today it's, I don't know about you, but... Um, for some people, New Year's is a good thing, and some people it's a depressing thing. I, I kind of like a New Year's because I like the fact that it's a it's a time to to restart, right? It's a time to maybe a time to reflect and maybe a time to to ponder what you know what life's you know where God has brought you and and what's coming for the new year and and uh, I don't know maybe um, there's this theme that Scripture has of. God making things new, you know, and and uh, and the things that He does in our life, you know, and and maybe maybe we can talk about that, you know, and uh, ponder on uh, on some new things. And I, I think you know, um, just a, just a change, you know. So how about that? Absolutely. How about that? Just mall forward. Mall forward. Game is afoot. Well, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? <laughs> well, you, you know, um, there's honestly, scripture. Y- yes, there is. Okay. Yes, there is. So. There's a couple scripture we can we can uh, maybe go. I don't know what um, think about just in this idea of something God does something new. Absolutely. Uh, be- before we start that, however, um, you're absolutely right, John. That there are people who are very delighted 
very excited, filled with glee and great anticipation for times such as this. Right. Um, if you're a young person, I, I think about uh, uh, my son who uh, in 2018 just turned 15 and is on the precipice of being almost my height. No, and I think he is. No, I, no, that's false doctrine. Because yeah, he walked in the door this morning, I'm like, he grew five inches since last night. No, that's false doctrine, I assure you. <laughs> uh, he's he's 15, and he's anticipating that period that um, uh, will allow him at 15, seven months to uh, go and take a test and begin to practice driving. So for him, that's very exciting. Yeah, Joshua too. Oh my. I, where does the time go? Driving? No, you can't drive. I no. know. Actually, part of it will be kind of cool when they start driving. Because then you can send them off on little errands. <laughs> Here you go, workers. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> you know, it becomes, a, wait a second, they could help out by going to the store for and that. you thought this was all fun. <laughs> yeah. there, there's, the, there's the excitement of individuals who are anticipating promotion, possibly. Yeah. Um, Individuals who have been waiting for 2019 because that is the uh, period that they've set for their marital date. Yeah. Um, um, certain joys, maybe traveling or yeah. things of that nature. Yeah. There are individuals who are looking forward to just just something transitory. They look forward to change. Yeah. And so uh, the end of a year. And the uh, beginning of the year is something that really does speak to them emotively. Yeah. In fact, the first month of the year is January. Uh, emotionally. I know that. Right? <laughs> but uh, the first uh, month of the year is January, but it actually comes from... Janus. Mm -hmm. yeah. Janus. Yeah. Uh, a, a, um, a false god, a foreign god yeah. that was a Grecian god that was borrowed by the Romans. The Romans, yeah. And he actually had two heads, one that looked forward and one that looked backward. And the idea was that uh, this God was sort of transitory right. in nature. Right. And so there was a, a um, realization and a grappling with that which was old, as well as a realization and grappling with that which was new or looked, looked forward to. Right. So there are those individuals who I think rightfully so look forward to uh, the new year. Right. Conversely, however, um, according to statisticians, when we enter into this period of the year, it's one of the most depressing periods yeah. of the year for um, uh, certain individuals. Yeah, because sometimes, you know, especially if you've had, you've been going through a rough period in your life and, uh, and, and if you've had a, maybe rough year it's hard to not have that in your mind yes and to think well last year was bad therefore this year is going to be bad and and um it's it's hard to get yourself up and going and say now it's a new year uh, and a, a new year and and things everything's going to change and and for some people it's hard to get out of that mindset you know of of uh you know maybe there's a, a difficult year you know some of us have had difficult years and and uh, and so this this idea of changing into a new mindset of of, of uh, you know 
looking at things in a new way is difficult. Yeah, you, you know, you have you have a vicissitude of circumstances that can yeah. occur, right? Yeah. Um, let's say you lost a spouse. Yeah. Maybe not in 2018, but before that. And so every year is a reminder of the anniversary of major loss. Right. Um, let's say you lost a loved one, right. not necessarily a spouse, a child, or a parent, or someone of that nature. Yeah. Um, individuals are reminded. I, I just read an article where uh, there was an individual who had passed away on Christmas Eve. Yeah, so now um, every Christmas Eve is a reminder. Yeah, an officer was attempting to do something in a, in, uh, a traffic stop and was hit uh, just before the new year came in, yeah. um, you have several aspects of loss. Some are dealing with the loss of jobs. Some are wrestling with the loss of health. Yeah. And they do not necessarily have good news yeah. for the new year, yeah. right? They're dealing with something that's of a degenerative nature or something that's not just acute, but it is chronic and it has progressively worsened. And so for them, they anticipate a year of more pain, more right. loss, more more struggle. Yeah. Um, and so for them, uh, when you talk about a new year, it's just a cyclical doldrum, if you will, wherein yeah. more of the old will be repeated. And possibly if there are changes, it will only lead into that which is worse. Right. You know, just make him thinking of scripture, because, you know, if you look at all of scripture, it's... You know, even from Genesis three, when the when the fall occurred, God promises something, you know, to to do something about that, right? Namely, uh, sending a redeemer. Um, but even in this mindset of well, things are the same, nothing's changed. You have that in in certain books of the Bible, like I'm just thinking about Gideon, who who's who's visited by this angel and. And he's, you know, he kind of hints at that with his attitude of, well, where's, you know, where's, where's the, God, where's the miracles, you know, where's the, the things that God did in our history, and and here we're living in this, in this, um, uh, this time period that he lived in with the Midianites, and so it's hard to to not look at the past and say, well, that's the way the future is going to, and 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 it's hard to, uh, to to lose sight of what God may be doing, um. Unrealist, unrealized by you, but because of his nature of making things new, you know. And if all of scripture from Genesis to Revelation is really of God, yet allowing us to go through some of those things, like Jonah going through the seasons, but always promising some hope, you yes. know. And that's the one thing maybe our listeners, there may be some listeners out there who, are, who just need some hope, you know. Absolutely. And and we're, we want to give you hope. We want to point you in the direction that. At the end of the day, I mean, um, it's not going to remain this way. You know? Yeah, and, and let me be very clear. Hope is distinct from, biblical hope is distinct from um, optimism. Right. We're not giving you something based upon what the circumstances seem to project or forecast. We're talking about that which is an inner... Um, anticipation or expectancy that is much like a rope that is right. tightened by God. Right. And despite that which you see externally, yeah. internally, God will not release you from that which he bids you anticipate or look forward to in light of his promises and his trustworthiness. Yeah. So at the beginning of the year, sort of, you know, maybe a time to <clears throat> sort of reset uh, our, uh, where, where maybe our life is gone. Uh, maybe to purge some of the the old tired ways of thinking, and and maybe to to really focus on on what guy may be doing. Um, 
God has even set within creation uh, periods of time where there is reset and renewal. Absolutely. You know, he has the Sabbath on every, you know, every six day, you know, you rest, you know. Seventh day Sabbath. Seventh day yes. Sabbath, six days of rest. Seventh, and after so many years, there's the, the year jubilees and everything else. But there's a there's this, this theme that runs throughout scripture of God. I mean, even even on a daily basis, where forgiveness is is applied to us on a daily basis, basis, or, or, or His mercy is being new every morning, and there's a there's a something a newness that He is always giving to us that maybe anticipates the final newness that He'll He'll bring with uh, the new heavens, new earth. But there's always that promise, that hope that God God is still working, you know. And so I don't know, I'm, you know, John, and and you know this, yeah. As a pastor, there are occasions. Some years more, some years less. You're always thankful for those years that yes. are less when you have to don a hospital. Yeah. And when I walk into a hospital, I'm always cognizant of this. As I walk into this hospital, for whatever occasion I've walked in, on one floor, families are celebrating. Yep. Yeah. They are in joyful gladness. Yeah. As a result of possibly um, the birth of a new baby, possibly um, the success of a surgery, but I'm also very much aware yeah. that on another floor, yeah. there are individuals who are weeping, possibly in a way that they've never wept before. Yeah. Their eyes betray moderately what their souls hmm. cannot fully express either in tears or in words. And uh, that may be as a result of an unsuccessful surgery. Yeah. That may be as a result of a stillborn child. That may be as a result of a loss that had not been expected or, or a desire to hold on for just a few more weeks, yeah. if you will. Um, there are individuals who walk into the, the new year with that same kind of scenario. Some walk into it with a delight right. that is so full of, of gladness. Some walk into it, however, and you could never ever read from their faces the excruciating pain of what they understand to some degree that they've just walked into. Yeah. I say that because God is not only gracious to give us certain resets within the framework of uh, the day. Right. Um, evening and morning, they're distinct. Yeah. yeah. Right? Weeping may endure for the night, but the joy, joy can just, come in the morning. Yeah. Just that quickly, God yeah. can turn things. Yep. Um, sometimes it happens within the framework of a week, as you said. No matter how wonderful the week was or yeah. how bad it was. Yeah. Shabbat says, stop, yep. pause, yeah. reflect, yeah. rest. It starts anew yeah. on Sunday. Um, certain times, we are also reset in our own birthdays, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, um, for some, that is steadily gaining that vigor and strength and muscularity and vivaciousness that, that excites us and tells us, I'm getting stronger. Yeah. Then for some, we are starting to reach that point wherein life's getting shorter. Is ebbing. Yeah. We have less years in front of us than we had behind us. Yeah. Um, so there's a reset even in our birthday. So, so, so uh, it, uh, 
the the reset and the the um, this 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 cycle, let's call it, of daily renewal, daily reset. That in some people, you know, it's it's a thing to look forward to, and some people, it's a thing to maybe maybe not as much look forward to. Yes. I, I it's it's gotta it's it it anticipates something even greater that God is is going to do. You know, the great reset, let's call it, you know, where he says, I'm going to make all things new, you know. And if if we are maybe holding on by a thread of hope and forgetting, you know, we're thinking, is there anything else that's left for this life? The hope is that, that those smaller resets anticipates the great reset that that he's going to make all things new. And we have, this, we have the promise in Scripture where it says that if anyone's in Christ— Yes, 2 Corinthians 5. He is a new creature. Yes. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That actually anticipates the great one, uh, the final reset, let's, let's call it, where everything is made, is made brand new. But if you're in Christ, you already have that newness. Absolutely. You know, your past has passed away, you know. And so many times we... We hold on to that past or we dwell in that past and not realize that in Christ, those of us who are in Christ as believers have been, everything is brand new. And perhaps we don't really realize that that's already happened. It's almost like the, the resurrection of Christ with his uh, new body and his, uh, and his resurrection body is, is the, the anticipation of what's going to happen in the future, you know? I would say it's more than the anticipation. Or it's it's the, the inauguration. Inauguration, or the, it's the prototype of what, you know, what's going to happen. So it's like, it's already done. We just haven't traveled, let's say, in, in the time period for it, for it to incorporate everything else that God's doing, you yeah, know? But technically, we'd speak of it as a prophetic present. Right. That although it's not accomplished in a manner wherein we have experienced it altogether it is nonetheless true yeah because it is the word of god who is able yeah and who has in fact declared the end from the beginning right in fact the text to which you are referring is one of my favorite in yes. the whole of scripture revelation yep. 21 yep. i distinguish that it is the book of revelation not, not revelations, revelations right? <laughs> and uh, it is the revelation. You know, of, we are technical here, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> it is the revelation or the apocalypsis or the unveiling. The unveiling. Of uh, Jesus Christ, which his father, God the Father, made known to him. Yep. Um, that is not to uh, abrogate or undermine or lessen in any way his omniscience or his knowledge of all things. But this is that which the Father has graciously and marvelously planned not only for his son and I, and I think deservedly for his son, but graciously for those who are in his son. And so what you're about to read to uh, us uh, is something that we refer to um, as eschatology. Yes. It's a fanciful word that means uh, the teaching or the doctrine of the last things. Right, in times. Um, and so would you please read those? Sure. Verses? So um, actually, I read this at our church on this past Sunday, which was kind of cool because uh, in anticipation of the new year coming yes. up, um, Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, 
made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death, there will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Right, for these things are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. And he who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And he goes on from there. But the idea, of course, is now, finally, in actual the course of history, because this is looking forward, there is going to come a day when no more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, all that is coming to an end. And Christ himself, the tabernacle, will tabernacle or live among us forever, and he will wipe away our tears. And that's the hope that we look forward to, <clears throat> that day when the whole re- thing, the whole thing that we're calling a reset is finally done. You know, John, I think that we should be aware that there is nothing within the framework of Scripture that is inconsequential. Right. And those things those patterns within the framework of creation, such as the sun, the moon, the stars, the days. The sun and the moon and the stars are to be symbols or signs for the workings of God, if you will. So it argues that it is possible that what we experience on a microcosmic level or on a smaller level is really building toward a macrocosmic event. Right. And and that's where I, I would argue that the newness of a new year, even a new day, anticipates a greater renewal and expectancy of that act whereby God will ultimately make all things new. In other words, this new year should, for the believer, place within them a bursting hope. Yes, a bursting hope that says, this is new. I've not seen this before. Indeed, it has not been before. But this newness is, if you will, um, a small marker for a larger, greater event that God has coming for those who are in Christ and those who with Christ are pleasing to the Father as a result of his efficacious work. And with with that that idea of that sort of the trajectory of that, mm-hmm. it ought to give us hope in the sense that, you know, there are times when we think the it's it's a death spiral down sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and we think it's all the same, it's and it's and that nothing can change your course in your life. But to realize that God, if God is actually cr- not even um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not. He's not. He's not swayed. He's not faded. He's not put off. He's not. He's not sidetracked by by the situations in your life. If he's able to still reset all that, the hope is that that is that whatever 
whatever um, pit you're in, or whatever um, whatever fish you're floating in, you know, whatever storm you're in, God is able to to make all things new, even in your life. And, and the other thing too is, in one sense, though we wait for that day to happen, it doesn't mean that there can't be little things that happen along the way where God renews your hope, you know. And uh, and that's the thing is is looking forward to this next year. Maybe there's 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 a there's a glimmer of hope that he wants to give you of realizing, hey, I'm doing something, you know. Uh, I have new things in store for you. Uh, I, I'm not done with you yet. You know, this this is another year that I'm giving you new opportunities for you to enjoy my presence, new opportunities for you to see my faithfulness. You know, and 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 perhaps to 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 understand that. Um, and to just realize his faithfulness, you know, in, in, in him making things new. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. In this it's text, not false doctrine. Oh, no. <laughs> in this text, John, what you have is a very deliberate connection right. and allusion back to the Genesis narrative. Right. Uh, chapters 1 through 2. Right. Where you see the perfect world situation. Yes where you have this original creation, right? Uh, wherein in verse 1, Bereshith bara Elohim eith hashamayim v'haaretz, in the beginning God created. Good Hebrew. Bara. Bereshith, very nice. You've been practicing, right? Is that your New Year's resolution? <laughs> oh, you are so... so good. So... I threw you off, Rob. Sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's this depiction wherein God has created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. Right? And he has created them. And in their initial creation, they are tohu vabohu. They are formless Formless and void. void. Right? And the two words together come together to form this idea. Um, We call this framework a hendiades. The two words come together to form one One point or idea. And it really means it's uninhabitable. And so God progressively begins um, to uh, formulate this world uh, in three days forming it in the next three days, filling it so that on the seventh day he can sit enthroned upon it. Right. Right. And and within this framework uh, of these seven days, what you see is God, Psalm 19 and Romans chapter number one, which will be later. Yeah. Uh, he's going to create things wherein his character might be seen. And one of the um, aspects of creation that's going to be a key, not the utopian of creation, because God, day seven, is the utopia of creation. He is not created, but he sits enthroned upon that which he created. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein, right? right? So, So he makes man. And man, Adam in Hebrew, is this unique species. Right. And this unique species is a species of image bearers. They bear the characteristics of God. Now, of course, you could articulate what those characteristics are of God in systematic theology. They're called communicable and non or incommunicable right. attributes, right? Those which God has shared, sure, yeah. those which God has not shared. Right. Um, uh, as Dr. Wayne Grudem would argue, some that he has shared more so, and there are those that are less obvious in his sharing. Right. Um, and I think that that's a helpful argument by Dr. Grudem. Uh, but in this concept, 
He has placed his characteristics or his attributes within this new species called humanity, if you will. And and the idea more closely tied to the text of this image that we have is that like God, we are to fight against the chaos. Right. We are to bring order. We are to bring about good in a good world that he's created. Right. However, Genesis 3 we fail miserably. Yeah. I mean, we mess up not only internally, but we actually mess up the world but, itself. But think about in Genesis 3 with the fall, right? And and sin entering in and death. And, you know, you're Genesis 4, you've got the first murder. And by Genesis 6, you have the flood, everything else, right? And you have the rest of, really the rest of scripture <laughs> plays out uh, in one sense, this, 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 the fall of man, uh, on parallel with with sort of the plan of God, where He's going to make things new, right? Absolutely. What's interesting is over the course of of human history, we have tried to make to to really make things new on our own. You know, you have Adam and Eve falling, and of course they're trying to clothe themselves and trying to. We're trying to, you know, we're we're trying new things constantly, you know, yes. and we're trying to improve our life constantly and trying to. And there's good things for doing that. But at the end of the day, when God makes things new, they're new. Yeah, our new looks like this. Yeah. Let us build a tower. Yeah. Babel, right? Yeah. And and what we're going to do is we're going to assert ourselves as God kings on yeah. this tower, if you will, and we're going to see to it that we can secure our place. Yeah. The problem is we're broken. Yeah. We broke the world through sin. Yeah. And so the world and the people are broken. Right. And and so this communion. So, with God that we see in Genesis one and Genesis two, um, there's a struggle. There's a major problem. So let's 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 maybe just sort of dive into something here because you have you have this this uh, this fallenness of man and the attempts of you know we, we try to make our lives better. We try to make the world better. We're you know and and you know leaders come and go, politicians come and go. Diet plans come, come and go. I mean, I mean, you know, and it's always you know how to become a better you and how to, and that's sort of the this trajectory in the in our life that is constantly happening. And, and there's there's good things we're trying to eat right, and but over against that, or on the opposite, where God does something, it's a it's a more thorough. It's not a rehashing of something old. A repackaging of something old. It's a brand new thing that can't be undone or changed. And, and what I'm thinking about is when God does something new in a person's life through Christ, it is something that is unexplainable. It's not something that was a a, a result of human effort and and computations and calculations and, and it was you know it was it's not a, re, a something you can't produce. Absolutely. Which is what the the Tower of Babel was trying, you know, they were trying to produce earning or going up to heavens, let's say, you know, and, and uh, getting closer to God um, on that and to sort of ascend to a, a more divine or heavenly ask, uh, whatever way of living that can never happen. But when God does something new, it is, it is a brand new, that's what he says, Jesus says that new wine needs new wine skin, right? Yes. That's why he says he says uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them um, a heart of not a heart of stone but a heart of flesh a, a new heart you know Jesus says you have to be born again 
there has to be something new that only God can do that can't be undone by man. Absolutely. You know? So I'm thinking in just in terms of of this newness, we're thinking about the, new, the next year, maybe becoming more aware of the thing of, of what God is doing. They can't be undone. And to appreciate that and, and sort of, you know, interact with that. You well, know? it begs the question, how do we transition from the broken to the new? Right. Right. It's a good question. Be- because. I'll write that down. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because through Adam, we're an old, broken people. Yeah. And the world that we're in is we're an old... We're a bunch old... of crackpots, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Leaky crackpots, you know, just... Indeed, but broken. it's so true. Yeah. And we're in a broken system, governmental world system. Yeah. And by the way, that's every world governmental oh, yeah. system. No kingdom, whether it was Babylonian, or whether it was Medo-Persian, or whether it was uh, Greece, or whether it was Rome, or whether it's the Antichrist kingdom, right. no kingdom is going to be sufficient. Right. No American system, no foreign world system is going to be a su- sufficient. So the systems that run the world are broken. Yeah. And the planet is broken. And we see that brokenness with earthquakes in various places and, yeah. and, and tidal waves and tsunamis and terrible things that take out hundreds, if not at times, thousands of individuals at one time. And so what's needed is a new world, but also a new human being. Mm. And the truth of the matter is, um, God in Christ, God the Son in Christ, came to establish and make a new creation, a new human species that has continuity with the old type of species. Right. But this species is not just born by flesh and blood, but they are born from above and they are reborn by the efficacious work of God in Christ, whereby the Holy Spirit has regenerated or made anew this person. And so there is within this old frame yeah. very much a new right. person. Yeah that is alive as this old man and this old state has died in Christ positionally, but is steadily dying with Christ practically. Just to just pick up on your idea there, because there's two thoughts that are going with my head. And the one thought, on the one hand, the new work that God does, that Jesus Christ does in the believer that you can't explain. It's like when you, when you meet somebody who has met the Lord and perhaps maybe you've known this person before, but now you've realized they've met they've met the Lord. There's something new and different about them that you can't explain from having followed some guru or some person's teachings of you know self improvement. There's a transformation that happens where they are new. They're not the same person, you know. Absolutely. So on the one hand, you have that aspect. On the other hand, you also have, and this is where I'm thinking about Christians who maybe have lost sight of the fact that there is something different about them. You know, that there is a there is a newness or there's a there's a new hope and there's and and to dwell and to re- realize and to recognize that truth, you know, um and to not look as here you know when you look at the, the scripture a lot of times like in the case of Israel it was them looking at other nations and sort of desiring what they had, not realizing what they had was actually better what the nations had, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we want a king. Well, you have God's your king. Well, we want to have 
um, you know, we want to, we want, uh, you know, um, we want to have the same kind of uh, rituals and things like that that you have. Well, we, they didn't realize that the nations around them didn't have the true God. Absolutely. They didn't realize who they had. And I think sometimes as, as Christians, maybe we lose sight of that, of the fact that we have something that actually the world's looking for and hoping for and wanting and or desiring to have um, you know, of answers to life, and we have that in Christ. And I think, so those two, direct, two, two thoughts is what I'm thinking about with um, the newness that God does, that, that a believer, that an unbeliever is now realizing, and the newness that maybe as believers we have to reconnect with of, you know, God does make things new. He can change people. He does, uh, he has plans for our life, right? He has, every day he gives to us is a new day, an opportunity uh, to to bring him glory and to to uh, see him work and to to experience those things, you know. And so it's like this this you know getting out of the the route of going around in circles as a Christian, saying, "Lord, lead me on a new path today," you know. And yet, and yet, John, in all sincerity, yeah, there is the flusteredness of Romans seven effect, right? Yeah, yes. where where am I new? Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, 2 Corinthians, as you quoted, right. 5, 17. Yeah. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, <clears throat> right. new creature. Yeah. Former things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Right. Right? And that is true but positionally, <laughs> and yet the new is living with some old. Right. And so there's this already not yet aspect. Right. There's an already not yet of the kingdom. Is the kingdom here? Yes, but it is, is it in its fullest, richest disposition and expression? No. So it's already not yet. Am I a new creature in Christ? Yes, but have I altogether already experienced and become all that I will become? Right. In the last day through sanctification, which right. will lead to glorification at its at its zenith, right? Where it's not just the renewal of me internally, but it's the complete removal right. of the sin nature. So that Romans um, uh, 4 through 5, sure. now I'm freed from the have to of sin, right. but 6 through 8, eventually I'll even be freed from the presence of sin. Right. And then, so then I'm still wrestling with the fact that I'm in this earthen vessel that's contaminated. Right. And I look forward to the glorification so that spirit and body are joined together right. in a perfect union and a solid connection wherein, conditional unity, I am whole as I was created and intended by God to be. So that, ten, I'm, I, I'm, not, what I, I'm, I'm tracking with you the idea that we are, you know, positionally in Christ, new, practically we're still learning how to live out the Christian life. We're experiencing life. the renewal process. Right. And so I guess my, 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 just to go along with what you're saying is not to lose sight of that. First of all, there's that tension and that struggle. There's the, the Paul, you know, Paul saying that, you know, the things I wish I could do or, you know, I don't do and wish things I'd want to do. I, what do you say? Yeah. That things, which I do, <laughs> that, I do not that, want to do. Right. That which I do not want to do, I find so myself So you have that doing. struggle that's still there yes. and not to give up on that struggle, not to dwell where you are, not to dwell in the in the, the the failures of your practical living, but maybe perhaps to still dwell in the fact that here in Christ in your creation, yes, there's there's this tension of 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 sanctification being played out in your life, and now this is the opportunity to appropriate uh, uh, the the truths of the of uh, the positional to the practical, and not giving up that hope or not giving up that 
that uh, that tension that's still there, you know. Um, but to press, as, as Paul says in, in Philippians three, which I almost taught on on Sunday, I didn't decide not to. But he says, I, I forgetting the things that lie lay behind, you know. Yes. I, I press on. I want to read that real fast because Absolutely. I think it's uh, pretty uh, appropriate for what we're talking about here. He says, uh, he says, uh, um, um, whatever things uh, in uh, Philippians three seven, whatever things were gained to me, those I counted loss for the sake of Christ. And he was talking about his old life where he try to live a very religious life. Yes. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but here's what he says. He says, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Now, Paul had a past behind him, right? He had a past of being a Pharisee, of being a persecutor of, of, of Christians. But also Paul had successes behind him. He had well. successes as well. You're right. Yes. Okay. Uh, so failures or successes, Absolutely. not forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. This is the Apostle Paul teaching this. Yes. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And, and, and that's the idea, you know, is, is there's going to be past failures and past successes, past struggles, can be current struggles, but where's our focus? is on Christ, you know, and pressing on. And all of that pales in comparison to the new which he promises. And right. what you just simply argued is this, that that in the person of Jesus Christ and in his work, yeah. with the incarnation, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, he inaugurated that which was anticipated by the First Testament believers, right. that expectancy that they held on to. Um, he inaugurated that which the um, uh, transitional Testament believers were holding on to during his lifetime, the right. gospel right. Uh, um, believers. And then the New Testament proper acts to Revelation, which is our period, right. um, he was the inauguration of God's new. Right. And so Jesus literally began something that was macrocosmic. Yes. So that every other little new is literally it finds right. its realization and connectivity and fulfillment in that which Christ has begun and that which he most certainly will consummate or finish and fulfill. See, this is what I love about the Lord. I mean, we love a lot of things about the Lord. Absolutely. But when Christ shows up, things happen. When mm. Jesus shows up, good things happen. New things happen. You can't, when you read the scripture and he's introducing himself to the disciples or the fishermen who will some... He says, follow me, I'll, be, I'll make you fishers of men. Yes. You know, uh, your name is Simon now, it's, or it's, you know, going to be Cephas or Peter, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're, you know, you're, this, this whole idea of that when he comes into, when his presence comes there, when he comes into your life, when he comes into somebody's life, 
good things happen. Things change when the presence of God is there. Uh, it's like he brings that hope that you're waiting for, you know. And that's why where you have this, I mean, you have the, I have the, you know, the Magi, or the, the king's, uh, the banner right next yes. to you, you know. Yes. They're looking for his star. They're, they're waiting for that day when the Messiah went, is going to be born. Um, there's, um, and now since he's entered into the world, the world history has changed since Christ has, has it's come to the... It's not simply changed by way of calendar. Right. Um, anyone, literally... If you are in a circumstance that seems like you're stuck in a cycle, yeah. you have he who inaugurates new within you when you have a relationship with Christ. Yep. Whatever you're going through that seems like it's old hat and there's no no expectancy, no no glee, no delight, no gaiety, if you will. And so you have almost um, um, succumbed and settled into a... That which is, is that which will always be. Christ will not allow that. In fact, he viciously disallows that. For he is the one who promises affirmatively, behold, it do. Yes. Perk up, pay attention. He almost takes us by the collar in a sense and says, look, man or woman. Yes. I make all things new. Um, Here's, here's what I think needs to be said. It's not going to be this way always. It's not. Whatever your best day is right now, there's a better day coming. Amen. What you have is chump change in comparison to what Christ has inaugurated and will finish. Conversely, whatever you have by way of that which is most oppressive and depressing. Hold on. When you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, there's something coming. I, I, I want to just mention something, John, in our last few minutes. I, I want to read very specifically. When he says, behold, this is not just terminology. Yeah. This is a literary marker. It literally means that the reader, the listener for John, but the reader for us, is to stop and 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 literally be taken back. Yes, surprised. You're supposed to have a, an immediate stand to attention, if you will. And then he goes on to say something interesting, and I, I just want to very quickly refer to um, the Greek here and the Greek structure. Now you're getting technical, dude. That's okay. Forgive me. <laughs> and said the one sitting upon the throne. Hmm. Behold, kaina from kainas. Now this is important because there are many words that the author could have employed right. for new. Right. He could have employed renew. Right. Like I'm going to take that which is old and kind of rework it. Right. That's not this word. This word is actually not only the Greek word that you see in this text, Revelation 21.5, but it's actually the Septuagintal or old Greek term that you see on 
the translation of Isaiah. It's different than, than the other word for new is like neos. That's correct. Which is it like is. new in time. Yes. The Hebrew word standing behind it, um, this, this concept of new and a new world is, is not new. Right. 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 Um, um, we see this in Isaiah. Right. Um, we also see this in extra biblical pseudepigraphal literature, right. like the book of Enoch, the yep. book of Jubilees, etc. There's been this anticipation from, from the fall that God was going to take that which was broken and not simply duct tape it divinely, right. but that the same God who could speak the world into existence can do it all over again. Right. And here's the reality. Believers are living, breathing, walking testimonies that God can take old real estate, tear it down in a sense. Right. And build something new. Right. Although I look like my old self. Right. I'm something, someone new right. on the inside. And it has not yet appeared what I shall be. Right. But I will be like him for I will be like him when I see him. I'll be like he is. Even my resurrected see, body. Exactly. I was going to go on. I was, go, go ahead. I, go his, ahead. Paul uses a new word. Yes. When he speaks of Christ, it's... It's in it. You, he, he looks the same. He's the same, but yet, like it's a it's a spiritual body. Yeah, pneumatikos. Pneumatikos. Soma. Yes. Yes. So it's in, um, and it's consistent. It has continuity. Right? You will look like C. L. Mitchell. Absolutely, I will be C. L. Mitchell. I'll be C. L. Mitchell better. But you're, you know, you're going to be better than Batman. You're going to be more <laughs> Superman. <laughs> but it's going to be yeah. See, there's Batman. Um, it's going to be new, not like getting a new present under the tree uh, or a new, like the old, but new of a new nature. Eyes haven't seen. That eyes haven't seen. Ears haven't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared wow. for us. But we know these things by the Spirit. Amen. I love the word order. Just really quick, he says, and said the one sitting upon the throne. Behold, here's his emphasis. In Greek word order, you put the words that are emphatic in front, right? That you want to emphasize? Yeah. New, I will make all things. Yeah. Um, let me just suggest something. Revelation 21 and 22 are the inclusio, the bookends of the Bible. Hmm. God has always had in mind that he would dwell with man. And he, before the fall of man, has always held this great secret wherein he was going to fix, renew, restore, by making new that which was broken. The adversary hasn't won. My own missteps and failures have not won over me. They may involve me, but they have not beaten me because they are surrendered to he who inaugurates newness. In my old tragic circumstances, there is something new afoot and budding. John, I don't know what that season looks like, but it is the spring of my soul. Right now it's being watered by the word and it's it's packed in the soil of truth and the rain of God's goodness is pouring freshly upon it. I simply want to say to someone, the ongoing cycles 
of this world, Genesis 8, right, and Genesis 9, argue for a faithful God, you have an immediate moment of renewal. And that immediate moment of renewal argues for a characteristic of God wherein, while things are changing, he remains immovable and steady. In a world, in a body, in a system that lacks trustworthiness, he remains ever the same and can always be trusted. I want to say to someone who's not necessarily excited because your body isn't cooperating, and you're walking into 2019 and you're looking forward to more of the same, if not worse. Someone whose year was spiritually impoverished, emotionally impoverished, physically impoverished, financially, socioeconomically impoverished. You don't live where you'd like. You don't, you don't love who you'd like. You, you're struggling in multitudinous ways. No. If you have Christ... That which is in you is bursting forth into an already not yet seen. Where he says this, This new year should remind you in the midst of your circumstances, there will be a day when your eyes have cried their last tear, when your joints have hurt their last pain, when the sorrows of this life have fallen up on your brow to deliver to you its last tragedy. The Son of God will break over your brokenness and he will arise upon your life and that which he has inaugurated will be thoroughly fulfilled, not only in a new you, but in a new world. Happy New Year in anticipation of a new day wherein God's promise in Christ is. Behold I make all things new. Thank you again for listening to Living Truth with John Core and C.L. Mitchell. If you would like to hear this podcast again or previous episodes, you may do so at passionforhisword.com. That's passionforhisword.com. You may also like us on Facebook at Living Truth Radio Broadcast. That's Living Truth Radio Broadcast. Again, our prayer for you is that God would sanctify you in truth for his word is truth.